Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey there, Smashers. This week, I'm talking to Becky, an extraordinary singer-songwriter better known as Saint Saviour. She's got two solo albums out, both of which are some of my favourite albums of all time. She's just got the most incredible voice, and it's like this incredible mixture of power and vulnerability. Anyway, uh, she has a third album on the way, and the first stunning single that is already out from it came out last week. It's called The Place I Want To Be. It's a duet with Badly Drawn Boy. And anyway... We are hoovering together in this episode. We had such a beautiful time talking together. First up, though, please, can I invite you uh, to a hoovering live show? Why not? Uh, Or why don't you come and see my stand-up show, Hench, on tour, either at the Soho Theatre in January or anywhere all around the UK, Ireland and 
another place very far away that I still can't say um, for the whole of the first of half of next year. Thank you. Please come to those things. Um, the next live hoovering is in Leicester on the 9th of February, at two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to be talking to some really, really interesting and funny locally based people who I'll be confirming soon. Also, if you're a patron, I'll be getting you your um, discount code for that very soon. Still working on it with the venue. Um, but yeah, just come. It's going to be really great. If you don't know what a patron is, um, go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. And basically it's a website where if you've got any spare money, you can swap a tiny to an enormous monthly amount in exchange for podcast related presents. And yeah, if you want to know what my tour show is, it's an hour of jokes in a row. Uh, it's called Hench. It's all about strength. Um, bodies, a little bit. There's a little bit in it about eating. If you're only listening to this because of your obsession with eating, for which I applaud you. Uh, yeah, um, the tour is, is six months and it's solid as a rock. So hopefully I'm coming to somewhere near you. I'm adding dates all the time. I just added dates in Exeter and Leeds are sold out. I'm looking to hopefully do another one. Bristol sold out two dates. I've added a third one. But there's loads of tickets in places near those places like um, near to Leeds, Sheffield, York um, and near to Bristol, Corsham, Bridgewater. Um, there's still tickets in those places. So anyway, uh, why don't even if you don't want to come, maybe you know someone else who lives in one of those places on the tour list and it might be a nice Christmas present for you to get them a ticket. <laughs> um, before they all go. Did that sound cocky? Um, well, they might all go. Some of them are selling very well. Some of them are, fi- are just fine. <laughs> Please come. Uh, for tickets to all the live hoovering stuff and to all my live stand-up, go to my website, jessicafostacue.com and click on My Doings. Right, before I get into the podcast just now, I wanted to give you a quick warning that we do talk in quite graphic detail about our experiences with eating disorders. If that's triggering for you, apologies now. On a lighter note, um, the only other thing I need to tell you in advance is that um, I used my guest, Becky, who is possibly one of the most classy and artful guests I've ever had, to join me in testing loads of this season's shop-bought Christmas sandwiches. (laughs) Okay, enjoy. It's chickpeas and parsnips. Just a bit of, like, garam masala. Nice. curry powder but I've made, I've made that one for quite a while I love it it's a student actually because it's just so cheap yeah because so, I just love soup yeah actually it's just turned freezing yeah and it's the best thing isn't it yeah oh so nice I don't know how to pass up soup for ages I just use whatever comes in my veg box now right oh and wow then, you do that yeah but then it means can't remember the last time I've had a bloody parsnip and I've missed them. <laughs> What's this Square Root London seasonal soda rhubarb? This <gasps> is from, because um, we're in Bermondsey, um, yeah. I was on Bermondsey Street earlier and I just thought, Bermondsey Street's like the gastro It's got swanky pants, of it? London, yeah. Maybe, I mean, Peckham's pretty good for food yeah. as well. Um, actually, South East London's amazing for food in general. It's got really good, yeah. Um, but yeah, Bermondsey's got a few, Bermondsey Street's got a few cool places on it and um the drinks and I, I got some cakes as well but the drinks are from um there's this tiny cafe on the end of the street called the watch house yeah and it's just this t- teeny weeny little sort of stone building um and <clears throat> i think it was always a watch house i'm pretty sure and i, t- I tend to like like 
add my own imagination to historical stories. <laughs> so they like so. So it's what you're about to say might be bollocks. It might be bollocks, <laughs> but um, uh, fragments of it are definitely true. Okay, cool. So like around that area in Bermondsey, it's that's all probably like true of most square. stories uh, because that's, that's the, the nature of memory. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Um, around Bermondsey Square, um, where Rachel runs the um, the oh, film yeah. night. So that whole area is built on um, the site of a, of a really old house. And before that, it was a monastery. Oh, wow. Um, and when they dug up when they dug up the square to, like, rebuild it and everything, build that new cinema and, and the, yeah. the Sainsbury. The Kino, is that what it's called now? Yeah, it's yeah. called the Kino now, yeah. Um, they found the remains of this monastery, which they sort of vaguely knew would be there. So now, when you go in that um, Persian restaurant... yeah. It, there's a glass floor and you can see it all. It's so oh, cool. Wow. Um, but across the road is like the Magdalene Cemetery, I think. And it's got a few. And I'm pretty sure the watch house was for people making sure that um, bodies weren't being nicked. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because down the road near on, I think just off Tooley Street and near Borough High Street, there's the old operating theatre, like it's, it's a really ancient place. It's really there. creepy. Yeah. I used to and work in that London Bridge experience as a zombie. Did you? Lots oh of, my god! Lots wow. of different, like, his, you know, growth characters, like Keeper of the Heads and stuff like that, and sometimes real ca- really? like Boudicca and stuff. Oh, and it was okay. so fun. But in the um, in the uh, it was set up by a couple of like Bermondsey gangsters, basically a couple of. Brothers called Danny what? and Lee. What the, <laughs> and they still uh, run it. They ran a load the dungeon. Of ch- yeah, not the dungeon. The London Bridge experience. The right, knock-off on one the over the road. The road yeah. yeah, and the yeah. dungeons moved now to Waterloo. But they had a big legal back and forth. But oh, in the right. end, the dungeon just dropped it. Yeah, and moved. Didn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> moved. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so these blokes just like magic top. I think five million pounds, and wow. on paper they only own a few tricky shops and one bar. So it's like, where's that come from? Wow. And they set it up, but it was all just so dodgy. But anyway, um, one of the dodgiest things about it, which made me think of that, is that the crypt, um, or the under- underground bit, which was the scary bit you went to after the historical bit, where we would like it'll be all gory zombies jumping at you and stuff. It was awesome. It had the design of it and stuff. Or they yeah. like health and safety dodgy as. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I'm keeping all of this in. Um, it was underneath Southwark. Um, it, that when they built it, apparently they found loads and loads of bodies that were buried underneath Southwark Cathedral because it's next to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not surprised at And all. Um, they just didn't tell anyone. They just cracked on with it. God knows where they are. Really? What yeah, oh, dodgy as. But then apparently, I don't think, apparently they wouldn't have contested it anyway, the cathedral, because they're supposed to have known what was where and they shouldn't have ever had permission to dig it up if there was stuff there. Yeah. Creepy. You would need like an archaeological dig that would take years and years to Mm. um, categorise all the findings. Yeah, you would. You'd be a paleontologist picking away at the bones and work out where everyone was. This rhubarb thing is so nice. Rhubarb's such an English taste, but also the sodaness of it's really. Oh, it's so nice. It's creamy almost. It is really nice, isn't it? It's like soda water, but flavoured with like rhubarb full. Mm. I love it. I love rhubarb. I love rhubarb. It really reminds me of my nana. Does it? Me too, actually. Did Did your nana grow it? Yeah, she grew it. My nana had a champagne rhubarb plant. Oh, wow. That now is in my mum's garden, but mum, no one that lives there really likes rhubarb. So apart from the bits that I take... Every year, it's always under threat of extinction. 
because she can't right. be asked oh, with it. Right. I might nick it. What's champagne rhubarb? It's like um, I don't know why it's called that, but it doesn't go. It it takes much longer to go dark pink, and so it's only you have to pick right. it a really specific time to make it sweet. Right. But otherwise, you can still <clears> cook it so that it's sweet. But it's a lot like a bit sharper than normal rhubarb. All oh, right, cool. If you're into that or not, you just have to add more sugar, basically. Right. But it's got like a, I suppose maybe like a really tangy, fizzy, tangy. Don't know. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember lots of like rhubarb crumble when I was a kid. Oh, nice. That your nana had made. Yeah. I'm going to discuss these because this is actually a Christmas sandwich special. Right, fantastic. Okay. Um, can I call you Becky or shall I call yeah, you Saint? Yeah, no, please call me Becky. <laughs> <laughs> I love a Christmas sandwich. How do you feel about them generally? Like a shop-bought um, Christmas sandwich. I've never had one. I've oh, never gone really? In. Yeah, I've never gone in for a Christmas right, sandwich. Right, okay. Well, we're either in for a baptism of fire or a predictable disappointment. They're a thing of real joy, but so it, every, every year they bring out. Last year they were everyone did a veggie one, and this year it's like everybody's got a vegan one. So I thought I'd just get a few right. of them in. <clears throat> um, the prep one I've heard good things about, and I've done the prep one, the M and S one, and uh, a boots one, which I bought last minute on a whim. The prep one I've heard good things about, but <laughs> I don't think they've made it look. Mm. If, I mean, I don't think it looks a bit squashed. It looks a bit but... squashed, but also there's that like stereotype about um, vegan food all being like just a big brown mush, like a whole. You know, when you go in a whole food shop, and like it's all just sort of lentily vats yeah. of like mm-hmm. mung beans, and it all, yeah, yeah. They're not doing that much to dispel that myth with the look yeah. of it, but maybe it'll taste amazing. You're just giving it all a sniff. What yeah. do you reckon? Um. The Pret one actually smells quite fragrant, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got that like the, nice. the spice that you might expect at Christmas time. Are they going to tell us what... Do you have to read the whole... I think... Oh, yeah, I know it's got bread in it. Oh, it's hard to work out what's in it. <laughs> it's hard to work... And also, I think, a little bit cocky Pret have put on the front, on a sticker and on the box, 50p donated to help, and then in italics, THE homeless... Oh, as right. if the other um, companies <laughs> who are giving some of their profits to the homeless haven't got as worthy a homeless people to give it to as these lot. Is that different it, from shelter? Yeah, though? it oh, is. So right, MS one gives some money to shelter. Right. But Pret are making it sound like the homeless people they give their money to are more homeless right, than yeah. the people that shelter an m Yeah. It's cocky, that. But yeah, in a very bold that. move, Boots have decided, fuck not, the homeless. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the homeless. <laughs> They'll give you 10% of fragrances. fragrances, 90 mils or above, at Boots with this sandwich. So they think, fuck the homeless, get more perfume in. <laughs> it's a, If you're going to go the other direction, go fully the other direction. And they've done that. And they've put a vegan sausage in there. Yeah, it? so I think I'm going to do that one first just to get it out the way. And it's white bread. It's white bread again, old school. Boots mm. are playing to the boots are playing to a time gone past, aren't they? They've put the calories in a bauble. Right. And what, the other ones don't say what calories it is, do they? No, they think they rightfully think it's December. Shut up. Mm. Who cares? Hang on. Well, it smells really vinegary. I think it might be pickled cabbage in there. Yeah, it looks I think like this might be meant to it? be like the sort of sausage and onion thing that you'd get at a Christmas market. I think that's the idea. 
Mmm. Mm. Not sure. It definitely doesn't taste like anything you get at a Christmas market. I mean, the ketchup's nice. That's because it's ketchup. I'm not at all convinced by this. No, um, it definitely doesn't taste like Christmas. No. And the textures are weird. Yeah. The bread's a bit soggy. The bread's shit. I don't know what this sort of sour sauerkraut and cold onion combo is. Yeah, it's got a weird sweetness to it. And I and just too, think... It's too sweet. It's too sweet. Ugh. The oh. onion stuff is quite sweet as well. So it's, it's all minging. quite sweet. I think I hate it, Becky. <laughs> and I think it's okay to say that. <laughs> I don't know about a cold veggie sausage. No. Fuck it. I'm going to leave more room for the others because I think um, they'll be nice. That one sort of reminds me of, you know, when you're doing a gig. I'm having to have a bit of your lush soup. Yeah, carry on. Um, it's probably better now, actually, because there's more choice. Yeah. Which is a bit, can be a bad thing as well. But I just remember sort of running from pillar, being pushed from pillar to post, like all day, every day. And it's yeah. when, when you're gigging loads and loads and you're, you're gigging all the time as well, mm. aren't you? So um, you have to like find food that's just not ideal yeah um yeah from like petrol stations or whatever but that sandwich sort of reminds me of that Mm. you know like a sort of congealed yeah um yeah it's a it's a post midnight in a place which doesn't normally sell sandwiches yeah you know and it would have been really expensive yeah that was the cheapest out of the three sandwiches we've got that was three quid that Three quid. Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it, of like on the road. It has got way better, but it is impossible to get. I don't know. Yeah. And still a lot in the late night. That's exactly what you'd have, isn't it? Yeah. And you'd be like sort of riding on sugar for an hour. For the last And not actually filled up. Yeah. I think there's a time and a place for, uh, for white bread, though, still. Right. Maybe when it's toasted and yeah. it's like sourdough. Yeah. Or like, just like, I mean, I haven't had an actual bacon sandwich for such a long time, but I definitely will again in my life. Are you vegetarian? No. Like, I think a bacon sandwich, in <clears> that <throat> needs to be like, that can be good in bread like that. No? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't eat a huge amount of bread, to be honest. Yeah. I just, it's nothing to do with like, restricting yeah, or yeah. anything. I just, um, I've never really enjoyed... Um, the texture of things like bread and uh, pasta and stuff, I just mm. find it, like, gooey and, for me, really good bread is, like, sort of a really nice... It sounds really sort of snobby, but I just, like, really... If I'm going to eat bread, it has to be really, really great bread, like... Yeah, like freshly baked, crusty... Yeah, crusty... Yeah, and, like, powdery um, rather than glicky. Yeah, exactly. Or sourdough, where it's, like, dewy and springy, mm. but it's got that really nice, sour Yeah, love, that makes sense. That's not snobby. And then never toasted it with glicky. marmite and butter. Yeah! So it's all greasy and, like... Yeah. Do you have... Is Marmite vegan? Yeah, it is. It's just yeast. Oh, that's yeast. amazing. Yeah. Because it actually tastes like... Bovril. It tastes like beef. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it does. 
And I, I just love Marmite on toast. But um, that's that umami thing. That that's does it, what yeah. it does taste like beef. They all right. set off the same kind of like, they set off something which apparently ignites like flavour senses around your whole mouth rather than just on a bit of your tongue. So it oh, gets wow. everything working at once, which is why miso. Yeah, I love miso. Um, Anything miso. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeast, yeasty, miso-y mm. meat. And then, oh, there's loads of things, aren't there? Oh, I can't remember them now, but they're all the best things. Um, they you can get like this stuff called nutritional yeast that vegans oh, have right. a lot of because it's got vitamin B twelve in that you're missing if right. you don't ever have meat. Oh right, and that does the same thing. That's like umami. Cheese maybe does it as well. Don't know. Right. I'm going in with a prep one that's not pretty, but that I think might taste nice because I've heard a rumor that this is pickled carrot in there, and that sounds nice. And is there any food you d- you don't like apart from glicky bread? Because you were so very, odd. you seemed very chilled when I asked about. I mean, obviously, no allergies, but <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, mean, it's sometimes really I get weird. a huge list of things people hate. Now, I like to think of myself as not being fussy because yeah. I've had a long history with food and stuff, and now my approach is just like I'll eat, I eat whatever I want, mm. um, and I've never, I never thought I was fussy, but I. Think I, I think I'm a bit fussy in a really odd way that's different to other people. Like, <laughs> I love that stuff, though. I don't... I, I really don't like Italian food at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just racist. Okay. <laughs> that's just xenophobic, at least. Do you know what? Italy's such a... Uh, I mean... The, I've literally never heard anybody say that ever no, before. It's so weird. But also, it's such a um, high-status country. I think it's a really and such a proud, yeah, you know, oh patriotic God, country. Such a think, massive export. Yeah, and, and like food is like that. And, and so it's just and it's really like, mommy, fun. And all that stuff. It's like, <laughs> so funny I that you're like the Dolmio like adverts it. have no impact on it. you whatsoever. I don't. Yeah, all it of it makes not, me so what, feel pizza, pasta. Yeah. What about even the wine? I like wine. Mm. I'll, I'll drink any kind of wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, and and I don't. I, I quite like things like um, like the, the the way of cooking fish and, and stuff like mm. that because I really like fish and um, I'll, I'll eat a nice nicely prepared fish yeah. in, in an Italian restaurant <laughs> if it's got vegetables with it. That's literally but, um, all you've got to go for, isn't it? Yeah, you don't like but pasta. I just I don't like I don't I don't get. Uh, pizza because I just think like it's just bread with some cheese on it yeah I do think it's got a weird uh, complicated history. so I've really made a fucking mess of that there's <laughs> 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 a first but I didn't have any pickled carrot in and now I've just had to rip a bit out like a viking that looks like massacred um, mm. yeah why is the mythology and like uh, the the deity that's been made out of pizzas mm. and like the different ways you can have them in I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, I really like pizza, but I don't get it. And I think that this sort of fad for sourdough ones is gonna is annoying. I've not, yeah, annoying. I've not tried one. I mean, maybe maybe that would be the pizza that I would like. Maybe it would actually. It's just so crispy. It's almost like having whatever nice topping on a massive, almost crisp. All oh, right, <laughs> no, that sounds better. Yeah. I think it's to do with like the texture, the chewing of this sort of glutinous bread. I just mm. think it's just sort of empty, empty food. Yeah. And then the digestion takes me ages to digest it. Yeah. 
feels heavy. I just, I can't do anything after. I just, and pasta's the same, like. Yeah. I tried and tried and tried. Oh, I, just, I really I like it. it. I love it. Every few years, you're like, "Let's get down Giuseppe's. I'm trying again." Because <laughs> <laughs> you just, feel like the only person in the universe that doesn't like it. Anyway, I just I've feel got like that with a few such things. an oddball because it's like a whole huge section of restaurants. Yeah, and then I just feel like a complete weirdo because it. For most people, the Italian restaurant is the leveller. It's like yeah. everyone's it's the safest surely. bet. Yeah, yeah. Not me. I just can't. There's nothing on the menu that I like. Apart from maybe some like really nicely prepared and grilled fish. <laughs> yeah, that you could have had in in any anywhere really. Amazing. Yeah. I love it when you. When it's the first time you've ever met anyone with an opinion like that. I think that um, Italian. I kind of think it it can be overrated. I think. I just have to be in the mood for it. I can totally empathise with what I'm saying because I do have to be in the mood for it. Right. In a certain state of mind, I really, especially like a sort of comfort thing, I will really fancy a pizza or pasta. Mm. But it's not something I'd want as a lifestyle. I wouldn't want Italian food. I wouldn't want to, I, w- I wouldn't be excited by the prospect of living in Italy and eating like that all day and all night. Like in, what's that eat, pray, love oh, dog right. shit film where Julia Davis goes, just has a load of really nice... I think you're supposed to get really hungry watching the film, and I was like, nah. But she's in Italy. She's in Italy a lot and oh, gets fed God. a lot of fit Italian food, but she's, you know... <laughs> oh, whatever. You know, I think that's the film. It could have been many films that she's in, in that, in that sort of Who did time. you say, sorry? Ju- oh, Julia Roberts. I think oh, I said right, Julia okay. Davis, because... Julia Roberts. But that's a different inordinately more talented actor. <laughs> no, Julia Roberts is very talented. I used to work with a lovely Brazilian man called Marcos who um, couldn't pronounce, I worshipped Julia Roberts, but couldn't say her name and called her Julia Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't say her name without thinking of Marcos, which is nice. Um, oh, I was going to say something else about Italian food. I can't remember it. I can't remember it. Um, what do you think uh, about this? This sandwich is much um, nicer because it's crunchier. Yeah, it's got loads of textures going on. The carrot's really good. Isn't it? It's got mm. massive, great big, I think boldly massive <clears throat> slices of pickled carrot in it and then some really nice fresh raw greens, which just do wonders against all the sort of heaviness of the rest of it. I love it. What's carrot good for? Um, seen in the dark. I just thought it was seen in the dark. Right. I don't know. Is there something else that's really good for me? I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, putting a load of carrot in a sandwich. Yeah. Is it... It's bold, isn't it? Is it representing, a like, an important part of your n- nutritional... Oh, I wonder. I don't know. I wonder where the protein is in that. Or do they give a shit? I think carrot's got vitamin A in it. It has, yeah. Which is good. I can't remember what... There's probably other... You just meant to have... A bit of every colour. And the, the mm. fact that it's raw, there's a, or pickled, there's a lot of raw veg in there. It's pretty healthy. Oh, there's loads of pecans in it. Oh, nice. Well, that would be the, and that bit crunchy. And some chickpeas in the stuffing. Chickpeas and sweet potato and apricot. Packed full of stuff. I like that. That really tasted of things. Mm. Tasted of really nice things. And the other thing is I don't love sweet things in savoury things very much. And they kept it really light on the cranberry. Right, yeah. I, it looked like shit. It tasted amazing. Mm. And it might be my fault that it looked like shit. I'm a very messy carrier. <laughs> <laughs>
I want to ask you something because you're a singer and I don't, I've never spoken to a singer on this before. But is it true that there's things that you're best not to eat just before you have a big sing? Or is it mainly just fags? Um, <laughs> uh, well, there sort of is, but there isn't. To be honest, I think it's mainly, it's lots of different things like what's how you are with mucus is, oh, is really? one thing like different it's people that, have different it's mucus. That graphic and, so some people are. I preach. So my son still dribbles like a baby. Oh, he's so got. He can control it now a bit more. Right. But he's four, right. and if he's sort of, I don't know. He's just got loads of spit. My son's the same. He right. he, he soaks everything yeah. he's wearing. So he has to wear like two dribble bibs. Yeah. And I just like take the top one off and then put another. <laughs> one. <laughs> just, layers. just constant layers of you like. Wonder whether stuff like um, like cowboys that wear them neckerchiefs are just grown men that never grow out of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it was for all along. <laughs> Could be. But yeah, people people have different sort of, maybe it's to do with like your different pH levels and stuff, right. I don't know. But people have different tor- tolerances to lactose because lactose is right. a big um, slime maker. Yeah, does it make things more congealy? Because they say that yeah. before voiceovers as well, like not yeah. to have dairy in your, if you're going to have a coffee before a voiceover. Yeah, I what mean, about hiccups for me, or fizzy it doesn't things? bother me. Most stuff doesn't bother me as long as cool. I'm hydrated. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not being bothered by any type of food, really. I can just eat whatever. But some people swear by not having lactose, um, right. dairy products, like that kind of stuff. Mmm, delicious. I think I'm going to try this um, M&S one. Yeah, even it though looks I'll good. Be, it looks quite nutty, nutty, that one. This does look nutty, and it looks like it's the best presentation. I'd expect nothing less from you, M&S. Um, is that pomegranate seeds on the side? I think it's all picture? cranberry. Oh, maybe. Oh, cranberry. All right. It's called the Nutcracker. Classy. <clears throat> but the, uh, the good thing that I've really got into yeah. is gyoza. Mm. In like really good broth mm. and I love so half term yeah I was so dreading it the first ever half term and just thinking how am I gonna do it how am I gonna do it four-year-old and um, a two-year-old yeah and what we're gonna do all day because yeah. I have this situation where I don't like being in the house with the children it drives me mad I get yeah. um, cabin fever so I have to just get out yep um, and I'm always just trying to do crazy adventures. We'll, we might go on a train for like to the other side of London, or mm. um, I'm trying to do like long journeys and ridiculous public transport. Yeah. And I just end up creating so much stress. And I thought, how am I going to get through five consecutive days of mad adventures just so that I don't <laughs> go stir crazy in the house? Yeah. I just thought, actually, Becky, just completely lower your expectations. Yeah. Just wander around in Surrey Keys. Yeah. So that's all. So every day I got them packed up, got the buggy. Um, we got on the bus two minutes to Canada Water. Yeah. Just wandered about. Kids can find fun in uh, the bicycle things that they, you know, where people train their bikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. The racks. Every yeah. day we would go and spend like the first hour or so, Bella just um, going through a ballet lesson with us, teaching us how to do ballet, holding, yes. holding onto these bicycle things, um, <laughs> and 
and doing like plies and all that stuff. Oh. She doesn't do ballet, but she's just sort of <laughs> making she, We just showed her black swan and she was off. <laughs> yeah. She was away. And now she's teaching us. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we go to decathlon and just like trash the place, try yeah. out all the bikes and <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then we'd like end up by lunchtime, John would pass out and me and her would end up in this little... Um, Sushi station oh, in the nice. middle of Sariki's shopping centre. And it's always empty. It doesn't seem like anyone goes there, but it looks like they do deliver. So I think a lot of people... Oh, okay. Go. But the sushi chef is right there in front of you. You're watching him. Nice. It's quite entertaining. Bella likes watching it. Will she eat um, sushi? She won't, no. But no. I was thinking, right, John's asleep. Yeah. We can just sit here. And I'd been to Hobbycraft and bought her <gasps> some... Um, Activity books. Yeah, yeah. Just let's just sit in peace. Don't try and do anything. Relax. Watch the sushi chef. What on earth can I give her to eat? What what will she eat? Luckily, she does quite like brothy type things. Okay. So um, I ordered this gyoza in a miso broth Mm. and just like really let it cool down and chop the gyoza for a little bit and just like feather it with chopsticks. And she Mm. really liked it. And then yeah, the that fun ended, of the chopsticks as well. I yeah, think. and that's sort of that's just what we did every day. Like I'd wake up thinking, "Oh, I can't wait for gyoza today." Yeah, and, just, and I, I'd have like some um, some sushi as well. Yeah, but just like get her a little part of this stuff and just sit and watch this sushi. Oh, yeah, I feel like you're going to remember that half term forever. The first half term, mainly because mm. of the sushi revelation. Yeah, what a fun thing to do! What a, oh god, that's amazing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you up for talking about your complicated history of food and eating? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really like, because um, I like listening to hoovering, um quite a lot of um, episodes of it over the last year or so. I've really sort of enjoyed hearing people talking frankly about Mm. it as well, because at the time when I was um, 
suffering with an eating disorder, it was still it was it was just a few few years before people started talking about their mental health basically really yeah of course that is we forget how recent all that is exactly yeah i feel like i mean because i um i was just sort of having a hard time in from like age 20 onwards so until i was about 26 or 27 or something and um it was at a time where i just didn't feel like i could tell anyone i couldn't tell any friends i i told my parents like after having because the thing was a student I was living miles away from them so I was able to like live quite secretively for a while but then there was probably a I don't remember but probably a Christmas when I went home and like they would have noticed something I was doing something weird or something um but yeah couldn't I was at uni but I didn't feel like I could ever have spoken to the teachers or student support or yeah couldn't tell any any of my employers or anything like that Um, my boyfriend knew after a while Um, but yeah I've just sort of really I I love that you can just talk really openly and frankly about Mm. stuff like that now yeah thank god actually I think there's still like um, I don't know I I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast about eating and not just about food because it's just so emotionally tangly Mm. because there's so much shame in there's so much shame involved in eating full stop that 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 is I don't think we realize it's being uh reinforced every time we even talk about um food as a treat or a reward or our mm. all of our language around eating and it, it feels particularly pertinent around around build up to Christmas but it will be much worse in January when it's all about making up for the sins yeah, of December I avoid you know any of that any of that is just yeah. Same. It's really difficult. Like even things like dry January, even yeah. something like not trying to stop drinking alcohol. Yeah. I I drink alcohol moderately, so yeah, I don't binge drink. Um, I'll I'll just have a glass of wine like every, most evenings. Yeah, just to like un, unravel and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think I I worry about restricting even. I've never had a problem. I don't think I've had a problem with alcohol. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it could probably encroach. <laughs> let's wait and see how tough our yeah, lives get exactly <laughs> um, but yeah I think like restriction like that just terrifies yeah. me and I've sort of become wise to it and I just think nah I'm just going to live a, a moderate life and just have what I want when I want it surely mm-hmm. is much healthier than uh, the all or nothing like approach seed yes. of an idea in your brain yeah. restricting oh you can be in control of this you can keep you can keep hold of this. You could be good at this. Yeah. And um, it shows willpower and you think it shows some sort of um, fortitude, really. Yeah. It's a kind of feeling of strength. But actually, you're starving yourself and mm. you're, and that that thing is quite... And that thing is very addictive. And But yeah. it comes... Same thing with, I think, veganuary, all of those things. Like I, I mean, I, I think the heart is in the right place of all of... All of the ones that are like, you know, a, a month off the booze... A month of being vegan, a month of growing your shitty moustache out, like we're in now. They're yeah, all raising money for good causes and stuff. And, yeah. and and I think people think, well, that's how that's how human the human psyche works. You know, you you can um, you can commit to brief spurts of it, but I think again, it comes back to that. Um, it's a sense of 
if you if you have a set of absolute rules in in how you uh, consume food or drink, and and uh, it's so hard. I mean, I do think booze is different because if you've you know if you've had if you've got an addiction with booze, then it does appear that you and you can stop drinking booze, but you can't ever stop eating. So it's just that much yeah, more complicated than anything else. Like that, actually. Yeah, I mean, if you get addicted to anything else, or you get in mm. a you know a disorder with anything with your relationship with anything else, you can stop mm. it. Yeah, fags, you know, drugs. Not everybody can stop it. Obviously, mm. I made it sound like it's really easy, but with some, you know, you'd hopefully with an enormous amount of help potentially, yeah. and the right mindset, you have to want to, but you can yeah. stop it. I mean, I, I, when it, when I was finally, it was bulimia that I mainly yeah. struggled with. Um, and I'm pretty sure, looking back, that I've probably had periods of severe restriction and, and mm-hmm. bordering on anorexia. And then I'd go through, like, a few months of bulimia. And then it was just sort of, just generally really disordered yeah. um, eating or not eating. Um, <clears throat> and it went on, that went on for, like, quite a few years before I finally went to a doctor. And... I went to a doctor. Like a GP? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I was living in London as a student, but um, I was just one of those rubbish students that doesn't register with a GP. And I, was, I just wasn't looking yeah, after yeah. myself. And I was so driven and ambitious that all I cared about was just obs- just overworking, just working, yeah, working, yeah. working, drive, 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 gig, 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 studying, practicing. Yeah. <clears throat> And I was doing a degree and my boyfriend at the time lived in Surrey and he slowly sort of brought me down and said, because um, his mum was a doctor's receptionist oh, and she really? got me this um, appointment with a doctor who she knew was a very sort of um, sympathetic Compassionate, yeah. Yeah, um, so I went to see her and sort of explained what I was up to and what sort of things I was doing didn't know what it was yeah and she was like you've just got textbook bulimia um mm. here's some prozac whoa and gave me like a, a a big box of prozac and um the box of prozac sort of s- s- stayed in my bathroom cupboard for ages and i yeah. just because i was like i was quite terrified to yeah. uh take I it no idea that you'd prescribe yeah just... because she the way she said um that the she's just straight, straight away treating it mental compulsive behavior right. i think so um yeah i didn't ever take the 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 pills i just sort of got her referral back up to my um gp in london yeah. and then managed to get into like um talking therapy and a dietitian okay and just like start unraveling it yeah um and that took a while, but yeah, the diet. When I finally got, I just got the dietitian. I think it was like bi-weekly, so I'd go and you'd be like, "Yep, all you got to do is have three meals a day." And oh like, god! Okay, cool. Yep, <laughs> keeping a food diary. Yep. Um, oh. But just like you do, it's all well and good. You sort of reminding me that I need to eat three meals a day, but um, it really didn't help for a, a really long time. The sort of talking therapy and other lifestyle things helped. Um, yeah. a bit more but it it took a very long time to get better um but he did wear me down after a while I, really I by just saying the same just thing constantly just reminding me but he over the time as well also he educated me about 
things like how your blood sugar reacts to certain types of food and yeah. what a, what a good balanced diet is and mm. nutritional value and and if you can like have like portion sizes and mm. think and making me think about portion sizes of different things like the protein and the starchy mm. foods and and making sure you he just educated me yeah. about the value of food and how your body breaks it down and um how many calories exactly you need to actually function and, and how many calories you are burning just by sitting down yeah yeah and and he just sort of slowly, slowly educated me. And after a while, he's, uh, he sort of got me to um, start sort of um, just having like something I would never have eaten before would be like a handful of nuts. I'd never really yeah. been into nuts. But just knowing that if I woke up in the morning and for breakfast, if I had like a handful of almonds, the way that they make me feel yeah. um, affects the way I feel emotionally as well. Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, and just feeling stable. And my blood sugar not rising really quickly mm. because the nuts are more like sort of really slow release energy. Yeah. Tiny little things like that just helped me get a grip of it and feel like I could be in control, but but also start eating and have a healthy yeah. life and stop binge eating because binge eating is just psychologically the most oh, the most obsessive horrifying thing. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, so just awful memories of um, just like that compulsion that completely takes over you. I mm. just physically wouldn't be able to stop myself getting in my car five times in the night and driving yeah. to this petrol station that I knew would still be open. Yeah. To buy more and more and more and more chocolates. And I'd, I'd, I'd be walking around the shelves thinking, he can see what I'm doing. He knows what I'm doing. It's so obvious. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd I'd get like enough stuff that I thought, Becky, you can't possibly yeah. have any more. I mean, this is ridiculous. But let's just buy this anyway. And it'd be it'd be gone in an hour, and I'd yeah. go for more. Yeah. I don't know how I managed to eat that amount of food yeah, yeah. in like one night. We, I think your body just gets used to it because it gets yeah. used to you going like we're just massive yeah, overloading on purpose and you and shut just... off your brain shuts off completely from it yeah there's no oh it's so hard to describe it's it, because it's just an emotional numbing it is it's yeah, got to, it's, yeah. It, it, it does feel like psychologically the equivalent of getting fucking hammered or off your tits yeah it just it does and it the does rush of sugar yeah is the incredible. rush of sugar and then the but then you just you just it just blocks you off from feeling your real feelings. Mm, oh, mm. but then the aftermath so horrific. I don't think I've really spoken about my dalliances with that, and never, never for long enough for any interventions. But I have really strong memories of a teenager when I lived with just my mum, and in university halls of doing that, of right. like going round shop after shop after shop after shop. Right. Yeah. Oh God. And what was your binge sort of food this, that you? It was different depending on where I was. Right. But after school, I remember it was cho chocolate. And then I remember my mum, mm. the one time I got caught, really, I don't think my mum had any idea. Because she worked shifts and, you know, we did we were shifts in the night a bit. Right. But there was one time she was home and I thought I'd covered my tracks, but I'd clearly been puking loads of chocolate into a toilet and there was still right. some in there. And she, I remember her coming, like knocking on my door and saying, that's not poo in there, is it? <laughs> Like, just that straight up. And I was like, oh, my dear. You know, like, not going to talk about it. Not right. prepared to talk about it. So okay. I think a huge admiration for you discussing it with your parents. 
Wow. Um, I don't remember. I just I would there was so much shame around it then that I would never right. have discussed it with anyone. Because when Not you even when you mates, said that, I'm the, pretty sure they were all flirting with it too. To be honest, right? Yeah, I think it's so common, you know. Because mm. I, I lecture now as well. One day a week, I lecture in music. Yeah. And I can see it a mile off. Yeah. Because it's not just, you don't need to see how someone's eating to see that they're probably suffering. I mean, you can see in the way that they approach their work Mm -hmm. and the way that they sort of deal with other things. Like, it it can make you a little bit, um, just have quite an obsessive Mm behaviour. You you turn your obsessions to other things to try and ignore food because you're hungry all the time, so you're thinking... What can I throw myself into that will distract me from this food? Yeah. That, or the, thinking about this and just constantly avoiding ever going to restaurants or yeah. going for food with your friends. And um, So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm often able to see it in students when they're sort of like, when you can see that they're working too much and mm-hmm. working too hard to spread themselves thin and then they get really skinny and then that's the obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh God, that must be hard. Have you ever accidentally eaten anything that wasn't food? Like a coin? Right, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I am. But I've got a weird memory of being a kid. I don't know what... Like in the last few years, I've become much more nostalgic and I think a lot more about my childhood. Do you do that? Yeah. I've been thinking about it more and more. I'm starting to remember things that are just like stuck in the back of my mind. But I had this odd time when I was a kid where I remember I had like a sticker on it. must have had my name on it or something. Like, you know, you're at school and they give you a sort of sticker for some reason. So I had a sticker and I'm sure I remember the texture of it in my mouth. I was chewing it and... um, I remember like the texture of the sticky side and the not sticky side and then I folded it up and I was like chewing. I really distinctly remember chewing the sticker and folding it up and chewing it back teeth, chewing it on my front teeth and then it just disappeared and I didn't remember swallowing it but was like, where's the sticker gone? I must have been about six. (laughs) Maybe weeks later, I don't know. It just came back into my mouth. No! No, like a ghost. Where had it been hiding? I think it might have been in my tonsil. Oh my! <laughs> it might have just got lodged behind my tonsil. Because oh out of God. nowhere, I was just in class, um, and Your then cough. I suddenly fell. <clears throat> there it was on my tongue. It must have been no. around the back of my tonsil for weeks. <laughs> And I don't know if I'm like misremembering how long it was. It might not have been weeks, but I remember that it was long enough for me to completely forget about it. God. And then suddenly, oh my God, what is that in my mouth? And I and it was a folded up sticker, and it had been behind my tonsils. It sounds like a real magic trick, and if you folded it back out, it still (laughs) said Becky. Maybe that's how like they all do it. The magicians. Maybe they've got a secret inner tonsil fold. Yeah, maybe. Because some people do, don't they? Have like my left tonsil as. Yeah, maybe (laughs) that's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe that is what it is. I don't know. Have we got like such a beautiful singer? We've got (laughs) inside gills, resonating chambers. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be like the re, uh, the re, the way you'd rename them. Like, not so. I haven't got short legs. I've got a long torso, and they're not gills. They're resonating chambers. <laughs> and do you find that's not on their book? Do you find if um, if you if you've done all this work to sort of relax how your you know your relationship with eating, how was um, how do you find feeding two little kids? Are you relaxed about what they eat? No. No. <laughs> really? Um, and I was listening to the episode of Hoovering with the latest lady who wrote a novel. Oh, yeah, She's Rose. Amazing Rose Ruane, yeah. Amazing speaking voice. Isn't she? The book um, is fucking brilliant as well. You need to read it. It sounds brilliant. Um, but she was talking about an episode where her mum really forced her to eat some oh, chicken. Oh, yes, yeah. And and she was ta- talking about like how that made her feel and and what impact it had on her and everything. And I was I was do- I was just hanging the washing out and listening to it and thinking, oh, I need to stop doing that. I need to. St-. I don't force feed my child, by the way, but no, no, I, I know exactly I get very what you upset mean. I had when she exactly, doesn't eat. Yeah, and but neither of them eat dinner, and I right. think it's just because they're like grazing all day. Yeah, which I actually know. I actually feel like grazing is okay, you yeah, know, like fine. keeping your blood sugar yeah. like stable throughout the day is is okay. That was part of my really my busy. sort of therapist thing for me to get out of cycles of disordered eating was to have to not get to the point to try not to be at a point of binging or to look, get so hungry that you yeah, lose it exactly, when you eat. Yeah, is to have a small of things often, things like nuts, protein, yeah, and yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. like small. That was mm-hmm. a huge part of it. So that, it makes me furious every time there's, like, every two weeks the government or some health yeah. organisation or British Medical Association or someone will be like, we're going to ban snacking. We're, you yeah, know, snacking's after they've bad. invented da, 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 snacking and, and like, forced us all to snack on, yeah. on the special snack foods that they invent that are full of sugar. Well, then how can we live in this capitalist society where we have access to all this stuff mm. then? But also, it's snacking isn't the problem. It's it's what it's the it, shit yeah, that people are eating, it's, it's like the addictive... The sugar in the snacking. <sighs> anyway, sorry, I interrupted yeah, you. you there. I had exactly the same reaction to Rose saying that in the sense that I right. thought, mm. I know I'm doing things with Rudy that aren't yeah. great. I know, I, I can't, if he wants, he, he'll, he'll eat some of a healthy dinner to get the pudding with mm, me. Yeah. With other people, yeah. he'll eat the dinner without that. And so I do oh, that yeah. thing, that textbook, like 1960s, 70s thing of, and he, to the point where now he'll go, how many spoons of this do I have to have? Mm, yeah, and you're like, oh no, and you're not, so you're not enjoying it, you're not eating intuitively, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. not eat, stopping when you're full. Yeah. But, but also they do lie. He'll say, I'm I'm full in my tum tum. And I'll go, great, you know, you stop then. Yeah. And I'll go, and what's good. the pudding? And you go, oh, well, then you're not, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're clearly not full in your tum tum. Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Oh my God, no, no, I'm thinking about it in that way. One of the things that did really help me, so when I was sort of starting to recover, yeah. I started my relationship with Sam, who I'm now married yeah. to. And we've we've been married about 12 years now. Um, but... I know this sounds really cheesy, but sort of falling in love mm. and feeling like maybe I had a bit of a home and someone that could like sort of look after me a bit. Yeah, that re- that was probably the clincher that sort of sorted me out. Um, and 
I remember a birthday that I had. It's, do you think it's to together. do with feeling um, like you deserve to be loved? That feels like a coming of age. The first time yeah. someone, you fall in love with someone, but the first time someone falls in love with you and you think, thank you, and you feel safe in that rather than, yeah. I don't know, I felt like all through my teens and 20s, you know, either you f- I was in love with people that weren't in love with me back or if someone was in love with me, it'd be like, Whoa. you know, I just feel terrified of it. Right, yeah. You didn't feel like you really deserved it. But when you, that first time you can really own it and be like, isn't this lovely? There's such yeah. a feeling of safety in that. Yeah. Oh, how lovely, what it a lovely thing. It was making thing. a sort of rebirth almost. Yeah. And I had an amazing birthday. I think it was maybe the first birthday I'd had when we were officially together because we had a weird period where we were like friends together and then friends again in a mm. band together. And... um he did this crazy stunt on my birthday. Shall I tell you about it? It's yes. a long story. Oh my god. If you've got time. This was I'd love the to hear um it. this was like the sort of you know, in the early days of a relationship where there were like big moments where mm. you're like, yes or no. <laughs> and this was this was a big yes from me. Um, even though it went catastrophically wrong. <laughs> Wait to hear it. The fact that it went wrong made it even cooler. So what happened was, because this is just classic Sam, he's really like, he goes 150% into mm-hmm. something. And he was like, it must have been like my 21st birthday or something. No, I was much older than that, actually. Um, he he went, I woke up on the birthday morning and he was like, right, put some warm clothes on. We're going on an adventure. Um, make sure you've got your phone and everything. This was like when we sort of, we, we, it wasn't, uh, like having a mobile phone was still quite a new thing. Um, so we got into his little Fiat Uno and he drove me to, cause we lived in Chiswick at the time. So he drove me like to the river. So sort of Hammersmithy area. And he was like, right, here's your first clue. This is a treasure, um, What's it called? Like a treasure hunt. A treasure hunt. Yeah. Um, and it, and he'd made all of the clues like it, on this paper that he'd made into like old parchment paper. Oh, we soaked it in tea and, and burnt the edges. Burnt the edges. <laughs> I just love doing that at school. <laughs> oh, Sam. And it was all written in rhyme, and, and oh. like it, it was unbelievable. So the first clue he gave me in the car, and then he was like, "See you later. I'll meet you at the end," and he dropped me off in by the river and the first clue was like to dig a present up out of a rose um garden thing yeah so I was and he gave me a little trowel and he said that's what all you'll need so I dug the first clue up and I was just and it was like something like at the time I really loved doing crafts so that's what me and Rachel have bonded over quite a lot actually yeah crafty like FIMO and stuff like that um but it was things like little pots of fabric paint or some hole punches oh, from fabrics or something um, and then I'd walk, I'd follow the clue and walk along the river. It was all along the river. So it was like a lovely walk that he'd planned out for me. And I'd be walking along and he'd have graffitied on the wall. I love you, Becky. Oh. And then I got further along and there was like a gorgeous <laughs> dress hanging from a tree <gasps> and further along, um, bottles of wine stuck in holes in oh the wall. Oh my God. So I was collecting all these presents in my sack. Mm. And um, <clears throat> and then I got a clue told me to go, 
the clue was something about overwrap pissing something. And it was like some sort of riddle, right. which, so, I mean, it was meant to be like cross the river, like right. you're supposed to cross the river, but I couldn't understand the clue. And this like <gasps> older couple were walking along and I was going, can you understand what this means? And there's me and this like sort of old couple trying to decipher what this mad clue means, standing <laughs> looking at uh, Barnes Bridge. And um, just couldn't work out what it meant. And, and then the lady was like, oh, I think it means you've got to cross the river. So finally, after ages and ages, I crossed the river. But then something happened and I sort of got confused. And then my phone ran out of battery. Oh, no. Um, so oh, no. I, got in, I went into a pub and I had to explain what was going on and why I was lost and why I needed her. Like the whole, I'm on a treasure hunt and <laughs> he's giving me this mad clue, I can't work it out and my phone's run out of battery so I can't ring him to come and pick me up. So what ended up happen, happening was we actually met at Metropolis Studios in Chiswick, this big crazy music studio. Um, and we worked there together for ages. So I knew that if I called reception at Metropolis, they would have his number. Yeah. So they finally managed to get in touch with him and tell him Becky's stuck on on Putney Bridge, I think it was. Um, and he had to come and get me in the car and I was freezing because I was like standing waiting for him. And he, he was so heartbroken and he was oh. like, oh, I'm so sorry, this has gone so wrong. And and I was oh. like, I'm so sorry, my, my phone's run out of battery. And he said, what had happened was, what, what was supposed to happen was at the end of the treasure hunt, it would lead me to an art gallery in Barnes, and the lady in the art gallery was going to say, hello, I've been waiting for you. I've got something to show you. And she was going to take me into the back room and unveil this, like, um, beautiful portrait of me <gasps> that Sam oh had God. painted. And he was like, here it is. And he gave it to me, and it was so, and she was going to give me a bottle of champagne. So he had, a bot he had oh. the bottle of champagne with him. And the picture, when you look at it closely, it's actually a collage of all my gigs that I've done. <gasps> oh, my like, God. It was like macro detail. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. What pictures or dates and stuff? Pictures, pictures of me on stage. So when you zoom in at the picture, I'll, I'll go and get Whoa. it if you can look at it. It's like tiny little photographs of me on stage, loads of different gigs. And then when you look out at it, it's it's a it's a portrait. <laughs> Fuck it, it unreal. That is extraordinary. I know. That's so much more extraordinary than ninety nine literally every single um, engagement story I've ever heard. I know. That's more extraordinary than it that. It was amazing at the time. It was that big. is and then, mind blowing. But going back to the food that night, wearing the dress that I'd yeah. got from the tree and everything. We went to this restaurant in Kensington called Maggie Jones. Right. And it's so, I hope it's still there because I just don't go to Kensington hardly ever anymore. But um, it's this beautiful little warren of a restaurant. And Maggie herself is still on the door. She's like the MD and the lady who owns it and owns it and everything. And uh, she's such a lovely lady and it's dog friendly. So everyone's in there like really comfy and cozy with the little dogs and um <clears throat> it's it's sort of world it feels like you're in world war Two. like it's got Amazing. a sort of 
there's always like Ella Fitzgerald playing and sort of like old jazz and yeah. swing playing on this sort of gramophone and the ceiling you can't see any surface of any wall or ceiling it's just all hung with dried flowers and herbs wow. and beautiful paintings and pictures and it's all like a sort of little I don't know like a cluttered den and, and the food's just sort of classic French um and, and English just really simple food but yeah. so nicely cooked and <gasps> like before your meal comes out they always bring you um a little bowl of really lovely crunchy carrot and maybe a, a, a little cornichon and mm. you know like little crunchy veggie yeah. things bit of radish that you can just Yum. crunch on while you're waiting instead of like a bread yeah basket and um and then I always have poached salmon, which is really boring, but oh, comes with this incredible, um, it must be like a, a hollandaise sauce. Mm. Um, and it's just so lovely and warming. Oh, it does sound amazing. Where like, yeah. they know their ingredients and their cooking are <clears throat> so good that they can just let things be really simple and let the thing yeah, itself the thing. each sing. It's yeah. so, I've not been to a restaurant like that for a long time, if ever. I feel like I've read about them a lot. Oh, what yeah, an extraordinary story. It's so nice. I love it. Also, that carrot cake's fucking lush. Is it good? Carrot cake beats it. the chocolate marble cake for me. Mm. It's not very sweet, and I think that's why I really love it. It's all about the icing. That's good, right? Mm. The nuts in there are brilliant. It's it's not just a straightforward walnut. There's, some, there's a bit more going on, I think. It's really nice. Fucking hell, what an incredible story. Mmm, delicious. A time worm gets through the fabric uh, of time into our world uh, and space and time. It gets stuck in a way, which means that we're about to be trapped in a perpetual state of general election. So um, no MPs are actually <laughs> MPs. It's just people spending their whole lives halfway towards making a decision forever and ever and ever until eventually everybody dies of frustration or boredom or chaos. But luckily, we're at the very start of this horror still and the worm has agreed to sort of back up and not cause this meltdown, <clears throat> but only if you, and weirdly, it does have to be you, Becky, agree to, um, without taking any breaks, change the bedding on 800 beds in a row. Some of them are bunk beds. <laughs> it sounds impossible, <laughs> but you do it. But you're obviously wazzocked. Oh, my um, God. 800? Yeah. Can you imagine it? Well, it's going it, to be terrible on my spine. Yeah. <laughs> it is. On your, I'm going to sit three on your crap bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I genuinely think it's one of the most exhausting and mind-numbing jobs of all time. Changing can't a bed. Stand it. I've been in my end questions. I feel like I'm. I, I've been, you know, constantly looking at like known physical feats, and I was like, no, let's put Changing, some fucking reality into this. Trying to stretch a fitted sheet. Stretch over a fitted sheet over it, and then especially if you want to try and put an undersheet on, or or doing it in the night when your kids pissed themselves. Oh, anyway, I feel like it. 800 and right. I used to be a chambermaid as well. It's knackering. Did you? Yeah. Um, but you've done it. What's a chambermaid? It's where you work in a hotel and you have to clean the bedrooms. But you don't do like chamber parts and stuff? No, I, because that's the olden days. That I By the time I was doing it, I think I started when I was about 13, they'd already invented toilets even in Dorset, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Indoor ones and everything. No, I think chamber pot just comes from bedroom toilet, doesn't it? But... Uh, yeah, they uh, 
it, it was just a lot of bed changing and bathroom oh, no. scrubbing. That's horrible. And it's possibly my worst I was on three pounds an hour. Anyway, you've gone down in the history of time as a hero um, because you've saved us from a perpetual state of general election. Um, And your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. There's no consequences to anything and nothing has to be possible. I'd like to know what you're eating, what you're drinking. And if there's a who within where, then who within where? I probably would just have a sort of like the magic porridge pot, just an unending pot of sort of chickeny, brothy stuff. Maybe not even chicken, just a lovely warming broth that you could Mm. just keep adding ingredients to. More noodles, more egg. Yeah. More bits of sweet corn. Like, um, what's it called? Bone broth. Yeah. Lovely. Um, Location-wise, um... I don't know. It doesn't really match up with the... Um, oh, it doesn't have to match the food. It doesn't stuff. match the food. You can be somewhere boiling hot. I really love Istanbul. Oh, wow, I've never been. It's just such a magical place. Really? Because I just, I'm really into lots of things that it's brilliant at. Like I love architecture, I love mm-hmm. history, I love religion. Yeah. I like learning about cultures. And it's just like a, a mishmash of... Lovely melting pot Amazing stories, sort of... amazing traditions. Yeah. Uh, you look out and the skyline is just incredible. Markets, beautiful yeah. markets, so many colours. And they're, they're brilliant at... Even things like, you know, like sort of ceramics and things and beautiful patterns on everything. And yeah. It's just glorious. Oh, Istanbul just has everything that, and I really like Turkish delight as well. So I'd probably you can have that some of that there. Yeah, good. I'd love to have some of that as well. Thank you. I love Turkish delight. The Turkish delight I had in Turkey was unlike anything I'd ever tasted. I wouldn't have say I like it, but I remember right. trying some. I was very briefly in Turkey for like a few days once, and I what flavor was it? Rose, it was it was like um, you wouldn't want much of it, but it's like oh, a bit yeah. of cloud or something. It yeah. just evaporated once it was in your mouth, like oh, wow. gone to liquid. Yeah, it's so good, and it's such a, that's such a strong flavor. I love this the taste of rose mm. and. and when before we had kids and I used to have people around for dinner and <laughs> I used to always make a cocktail with rose syrup in it yeah. and lychees and it was yum. really not too sweet though because I don't like things when they're like mm. really syrupy sweet yeah but just have that rose is a lovely flavor to just have a tiny tiny little yeah. little hint of yeah yeah um oh yeah. glorious and who are you gonna have there Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Just him. Just him, yeah. 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 That would be nice. We've done lots of family holidays. So, yeah. Um, And the hookers as well. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry. Well, I know what you mean. They're like tea. Is it tea? Is it tea or is it like a shisha? There's the smoky pipey things. Mm, Oh, yeah. Okay. With the flavours. Yeah. I just love all that as well. Oof. Magic. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you for having me. It's been loads of fun. Becky is on all social media as at Saint Saviour, spelled exactly like you'd think. And her website is saintsaviour.co.uk. Her first single from the new album is out now. It's called The Place I Want To Be. 
Oh, it's a duet with Badly Drawn Boy and I'm 100% addicted to it. Just listen to it. You'll find yourself listening to it again and again and again. And it, oh, it grows from this little seed in your heart. Please dive into all of Becky's work. I think she's truly extraordinary. And it was an honour to have her as a guest um, with her beautiful stories and her openness about her history with eating and her recovery from that. Um, oof, I'm very grateful to her for all of that. Um, come and see Hoovering Live if you want. Come see my show Hench on tour. Become a patron. All of these things are possible. You get the patron stuff for more details. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Hoovering Pod. And to come to any Hoovering Lives or tour shows or Soho Theatre runs, go to my website, jessicafosterq.com. That's also where you can find a link to email me if you want to. Follow the podcast on social media at the Hoovering Pod. I'm at Jessica Foster Q. Huge thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week. Happy hoovering. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 